The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with caller interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show is Intuition and Midlife Memory Issues. Have you suffered from trouble recalling a name? That word, especially after health or hormonal problems. Have you ever had problems remembering after a particularly stressful event, like getting fired, losing or a job or getting laid off? Have you ever had problems remembering what you are saying in the middle of a sentence? Or remembering what someone else is saying? Worse, what did you just say? You can't just say, and your name is for the fourth time. If this is you, today's show is for you. We're talking about intuition and memory problems. However, it's not just intuition and memory because memory and intuition have a lot in common. A lot of people are talking about progressive memory issues at midlife and they're like, am I coming down with Alzheimer's disease? So you can get lots of shows, you can watch PBS, there's lots of podcasts about how you eat, what nutrients you take and stuff like that. This is gonna be a little different because it's about intuition and memory. And what that has to do with anxiety and depression. And also, I'm going to talk about healthy forgetting. Because everybody wants to have pinpoint memory. Do you really, do you really want to remember everything? If you do, it's really hard to forgive. Think about that. You'll remember every slight. There's something to be said for, oh my God, I forgot that time you lied to me. You lied to me. It's important to forget things because then it's easier to forgive. It's important. On the other hand, there's things we put out of mind. It's not necessarily that we're forgetting them. 
we are putting it out of mind. We are putting it in a box. We're putting it behind the curtain, like the Wizard of Oz. If you read, if you went to a psychiatry residency or you read a lot of psychology, they talk about unconscious, subconscious, semi-conscious. You can get lost in all that literature. Or they'll say, denial, where's the river in Egypt? Denial, denial. And you can talk to someone. And you can't believe that they don't know something about themselves. When it's as clear as blue to everyone around them, how could they not be aware of that? How could they not be aware that their partner was having one, two, three, four, five, six, seven affairs in their memory, in their marriage? Don't they remember that? You do, everybody else around them. And they don't know. Or your parents, when all this stuff was happening, when you were growing up, you remember it very clearly. And they're like, no, no, that didn't happen. What is that? Is that a memory problem? Is that deception? Or is that behind the curtain denial? These are all very important. It's important to know that there is a very big connection between intuition and memory, and that's today's show. We're taking your calls for the show, 207-846-6475 for a mini reading. Shy, want a private reading? Go to 207-846-6475 after the show. Do not call after the show is over with and go, I'd like a free reading because you'll be met by some angry cats who are employed by me and they will bite you in the ankle and they have very virulent saliva. Uh, if you can't catch this show live, subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please, this forum is educational only. It's not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship. I don't give you diagnosis, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. And if this is an emergency, back away from the Zoom and go directly to the emergency room. So it's not, there's a huge connection between intuition and memory. We have a brain, we have a temporal lobe that has to do with memory. Both memory we can talk about in therapy. I remember when the hippocampus and body memory. And then there is a frontal lobe the sensor that covers it up. The frontal lobe is coated with hormone receptors. Temporal lobes for emotion and intuition. So we cover up emotion and intuition so things don't come flying out of our, uh, out of our mouth inappropriately. However, if you were always born a little distractible, Intuition probably was always flying out of your mouth. Intuition and memory work opposites. You need your 
frontal lobe to retrieve memory, to select memory, to find out how to consolidate it and where to put it in, to organize it, to plan it, but specifically how to retrieve it. When you go through menopause or testopause, the hormone receptors go away from your frontal lobe and the memories that are coded all over your brain in a network, it's hard to retrieve them. So it's not that you don't lay down memory, it's slower to find out where they are. Where are my shoes? Are they in the upstairs closet or the downstairs? You can't quite put a finger on that person's name. Did I meet you at the Peninsula Club? Did I meet you at the Feynman Bar Mitzvah? That was part of a rift by, I remember his name, Robin Williams. Now, notice I remember it faster than I usually do because I am taking something that speeds up the processing on my frontal lobe. Usually it's like, ah, 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 ah. Usually it'll take me about 10 minutes before I say the baggage comes around the baggage claim. Something called fast for word, you can take with a speech and language pathologist or you can go to GEMMA, G, I'm Gemma, I'm just gonna spell it wrong because I'm dyslexic, G-E-M-M -M on the web. This, it's very annoying, but it's very good. It speeds up processing and it'll speed up retrieval in your frontal lobe, especially if you have had a long-term problem with attention, focus, organization, and planning because that will make retrieving memory or brain fog at midlife during hormonal events even worse. So my retrieval of, of proper names is even better. Look at that. I just did it. So now I don't have to go, hey, um, you. I go, Jay. <laughs> and I'm so excited. I'm in love with names. I've watched TV programs just to hear the names now because I like to retrieve them. I'm picking them all up all over the place. But people who work in the fields of intuition or are very intuitive, and if you're watching this show, you are, or listening to it, you're probably distractible or what you call empathic. So it's hard for you, you have what I call intuitive distractibility. It's hard for you to keep your eyes on your own life because you're distracted to that person's pain, this person's pain, that person's. So you were like me in the second grade, even though the teacher knew I needed to be kept in the front of the room, front desk, front row, right next to the board. I got an F conduct grade. Mona Lisa finishes her work sloppy and fast and is overly interested in the problems of the people in the back of the room. Now, how did I know they were had problems even though I'm not looking back there? Because I knew intuitively. I knew. So I got an F. Fail, fail. I failed to focus on my own problems. I was intuitively distracted. I had no filter. That's you. And so when you go through menopause or testopause, it'll be worse. You'll have trouble remembering the name the location, the place, but you can speed up the processing. I just told you how. Hormones, if you have a history of hormonal problems or a genetic susceptibility in your family, you'll have risks of doing it, but there's no risk with cognitive training. 
other than getting annoyed and wanting to hit the machine, and I have, and I would, and screaming because it's hard to focus. However, that said, that kind of brain makes you good at intuition. It also makes you good at picking up lies. The first thing I wanted, what was the first toy you wanted growing up? At four, I wanted a, now I'm going to, remember, I'm going to have trouble with name finding. Well, it's called a lie detector machine. That's what I wanted. You probably wanted a chatty Kathy or a baseball mitt or something like that, or Legos, if they were made by then. I wanted a polygraph machine. That's the word. See how it took me not that long to remember and retrieve the name. Pincer, pincer comes down. That's not memory, that's retrieval. Now, if you're developing Alzheimer's disease, you have trouble laying down the memory. So you pay attention to something, they repeat it over and over again. Where are we going to have lunch? At Howard Johnson's. When are we going to have lunch? In 15 minutes at Howard Johnson's. Five seconds later. Where are we having lunch? Howard Johnson's. That's not memory, that's attention, because it takes 15 minutes to lay down memory, has to work its way down the temporal lobe to the hippocampus. If it does, you ask him 20 minutes later, where are we going to eat? Katmandu. We're going to Katmandu. We're going to the airport and flying to Katmandu. You know that they didn't lay down the memory, but they repeated it over and over again. That means they're having trouble laying down memory. The hippocampus is gummed up somehow. That's different than not paying attention. If you have trouble, if someone says to you, my name is John Brown. I live on Smith Lane in Washington, D.C. Five seconds later, you say, and your name is? That's not memory. You're not dementing. That's attention. That's what that is. That's the way that is. And chances are you either got a lot coming at you, you're depressed, you're anxious, or you're intuitively keyed into other things. That's the way it is. So you're going to have to figure out cues on how to figure out what that person's name is or embarrass yourself and say several times, hey, I got hit in the, on the head with dual shovels at an early age. They won't know if you're, <laughs> if you're saying the right being truthful or not, you say, seriously, proper naming is involved with bilateral inferior temporal lobe. And it's very rare, but I'm one of the few people that got hit in the head and the lower part of the temporal lobes bilaterally. So it's very hard for me to remember temporal lobe, proper names. So if I ask you several times, your name is something to do with Brown and Smith. He goes, wow, that's good. My name is John Brown. I live in Smith Lane, and I said, Washington, D.C. Good, you must be taking fast forward. Right, are you? He said, yes, because I was hitting the head with the shovel too. Ba-boom, I'll be here all week, order the pork. My point is, if you are depressed, anxious, it's also hard to lay down memory. Why? Because your mind is on other things. You're thinking about other things. Or if someone near you is in pain, you're intuitively distracted. So 
Did I have a learning problem? Absolutely. Did I have problems with attention? Absolutely. So it's hard to know what a kid has attention problems, whether they have virtual ADHD, who the hell knows? They don't have a inventory of neuropsych testing for intuition. Do they? Where'd you, I did have a therapist once go, where'd your mind go just then? I'm like, what? <laughs> I We were talking. <laughs> I went, really? Uh-huh. What were we talking about? Kitties and puppies? Nope. Going to the Howard Johnsons? Nope. Going to Catman Doom? Where'd your mind go? I don't remember. Which leads me to something else, spirituality, because spirituality is interested, is involved with that area. When people do a lot of chanting and meditative and breathing, there's a wonderful book called Thy God Won't Go Away. When you meditate, you actually change the properties of your right brain, the area that has to do with differences, distance between you and somebody else. So that's why when you put yourself in a meditative state, you're changing your attention and ultimately then how you remember things. Because remember, attention and memory are related. So then you'll, they'll say to you, you don't remember what was going on in the room? That guy threw up, he had projectile vomiting in the back. I couldn't believe it. You're like, no, I was just experiencing that me and that lady with the hat were one. Because you weren't present, you were in another field. They've done work with PET scans and all kinds of other things. When you meditate, you change your EEG in your right hemisphere. And that's why you're more likely to experience in the posterior parietal area, you and I are one. Incidentally, the supermarginal gyrus in the posterior parietal lobe has to do with mirror neurons and empathy, which has to do with, ba-boom, intuition. So if you are focused on intuition and somebody else's feelings and pain, you're not going to remember what just happened over there. Your intuition goes up at menopause. Why? Or testopause. Because the hormone receptors in your frontal lobe become occupied, estrogen and progesterone goes down. And so your capacity to focus and pay attention, you feel brain fog. You also have heightened spiritual, intuitive states. You're more likely to go to Kripalu, or decide I'm gonna to go to Mexico or California and take that yoga class. Why, why? All of a sudden yoga and green stuff out of a water uh, mug in your 50s, and all of a sudden you're doing all this stuff because your brain is acculturated to it. And then you say, I have brain fog. Yoga retreats, they say, I have yoga brain. There's a good reason. So don't think your brain can do everything all at once. You can say, I'm a woman or a man of the um, 21st century. It is the 21st century, it's the 22nd. I can't remember. But... That's true, I don't. When is it going to be the 22nd century? Hey, listen, I do brains. I don't keep track of these things. Suffice it to say, 
Um, I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> it was important. That's my point. My point is that you will be on a frame of mind. You will be speaking with your girlfriend or boyfriend. And we have these frontal lobe rules for speaking. That when you finish speaking, the other person is supposed to speak, or that's called talking over someone, and that's considered rude. Frontal lobe, area 46, has rules of compartment. But if you were someone who's very familiar, and you're very bonded, right? And you have mirror neurons all over the place. You'll say, I was talking about, and they'll say, and they'll, they'll fill in the sentence that you forgot. I was talking about, and they'll say, that time we went out for catfish? And they're like, yes, <laughs> yes. Because they're intuitive reading your mind. And you're like, I thought I was, I was going to talk about Katmandu. Yes, yes, that was it. And that's, they call that vocal facilitation, where two people are very close. They are keyed into people's memory because they have shared memory, but they also are very intuitively keyed into another. Almost like they're meditatively linked, like you and I are one. When we have problems in our life that we can't think our way out of, we then sometimes turn to a higher power, or at least we know we ain't it. And when we go to that, I remember what I was going to say. See how that is? And when we do that, we may pray or we may chant. And that changes the properties of our brain. I'm writing a book called Mystical Molecules Now. It's in the editing phase. When you're in yoga retreat, they call it yoga mind. You have a different brain state because you're always meditating. But when you're in a crisis and you have to reach, it changes your brain with cortisol and norepinephrine. It's the same brain state that causes memory problems and PTSD. Frequently, that kind of brain problem causes you to have problems with focus and attention. It also gives you heightened capacity for empathy and heightened capacity for intuition. But it also, over time, makes you realize there are only certain problems that the people on earth can help you. And at times, you feel very alone. And in those moments, you go inside and you realize you're not that alone, that you can feel something out there that's for you, the divine. And that creates a different kind of brain style, a brain fog. Some people, when they have surgery or almost die, a near-death experience changes the properties of the neurons in the area for memory. Some scientists or physicians say that due to anoxic injury, the person has a stereotypical 
memory of a near-death experience where they go down a tunnel and see a light. Now, mind you, they come back and they say declarative memory, which is, involves hippocampus. Remember now, I, I learned this in a PhD. I had to take all these classes, do oral boards, written boards, the whole damn thing. I paid $275,000. So it's not like I'm pulling this out of the Kajic records, okay? So they come back after they the arteries around the hippocampus, they didn't get enough oxygen. Got it? So the scientists say because of that, they have a hallucinatory experience, like being on LSD, because that affects the temporal lobe as well. And they say that they all have a stereotyped experience, like hitting a funny bone, everybody feels the electricity, that they all see this light. Like if you bang someone in the back of the head, they see stars, got it? They all see, go down a tunnel and they see a light. Well, you're talking to someone, that fascinating as it is, who died in the first 10 minutes in an operating room. They cut me open from the, 2012. They cut me open the front and in the back. My spinal cord was open and I bled out in the first 10 minutes. There was no blood in the operating room. And they had just bags of saline and they opened them all up to keep my blood pressure up or I would have died, keep my kidneys perfused and my heart. And of course, they would be the brain. So the doctor, the surgeon, my wonderful, lovely surgeon came out and asked who was responsible for me. I had one person saying prayers and my friend went in the side room. It's like right out of the movies and said, we're trying to save her. Now, next thing I know, I'm in an ICU and I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. Now, you might wonder why I said that, which is very interesting because where was I supposed to be? But suffice it to say, I have an old memory about that, but that's not apropos of this story. The point of the matter is, I came out of there with slurred speech out of the hospital to the point where the people thought that I had was on pain meds. I refused pain meds coming out of the OR. I didn't have pain meds. I had brain injury. What's important to know is, and you can tell I have trouble retrieving and I'm working on it, blah, 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 blah. But the point of the matter is, I don't remember a tunnel. I don't remember a light. that you can say, Gee, Mona Lisa, you were really ripped off. You missed the Steven Spielberg experience. No. I wonder whether or not if you have injury, enough anoxic injury, you won't remember the damn event. <laughs> Do you understand? Because if you have enough injury around the hippocampus, how would you be able to talk about it? It's impossible. I might have a body reaction. I know that. Because when I got hit by the truck and run eight, where you're like, how many things have happened to this woman? Do you have it? Can we talk? Like Joe Rivers used to say, other people have said, I've heard this. This is boring. The point is you haven't heard it in reference to this because everybody here has had their own truck and own bleeding to death in the OR routine. It may not sound as dramatic, but basically all of our brains here have been rewired by trauma and had our mystical experiences. Everybody has had their own truck episode where they were flung down in divorce, flung down where someone's had, you know, bankruptcies on you. Trauma is trauma. There's no tragedy Olympics here. But I did get run over by a truck and thrown 86 feet, got a 
ticket at the scene, pedestrian, pedestrian hit vehicle, $75. The point of the matter is, I don't remember getting hit. You don't get hit. You don't remember getting at the moment of impact. You don't. Because that's the way it is. Because you get retrograde amnesia. But years later, when I was on a book, uh, you could see, Jesus, she did get hit, didn't she? A book, um, what do you call those things when you see that circumlocution? Anyway, I was trying to, I had just published Awakening Intuition. Book tour, that's it, see? Book tour, it wasn't that bad. That one was not that bad. Book tour, I was in Oregon and I was taking a cab to a PBS affiliate or something like that, a radio station. And I was lying down in the cab because my back hurt for a lot of reasons. Could be the truck, could be the truck, could be the scoliosis, no one really knows. But anyway, I was lying down in the back of the cab and all of a sudden my heart starts to go fast. Body memory. I start to feel shortness of breath. Body memory. And I'm like, is this a panic attack? I don't have panic attacks. Honest to God, I've never had a panic attack. I'm like, what are those things that people complain about? I sit up, I look outside the window, and there is the Hawthorne Bridge where I got run over by the truck. Now, how would I know that? That's a body memory. That's intuition. That's the connection with intuition. It's more if you've had trauma, emotional or physical. It's more when hormones change, pregnancy, midlife. And it's associated with intuition because how would I know the bridge was there? I wasn't looking outside the window. <laughs> so that's my spiel. I'm putting the phone back on the hook. Almost couldn't find the phone. Taking your calls, 207-846-6475, 207-846-6475. But would I, would I want a lie detector, um, a polygraph at four? Because I'm a human lie detector. During that class, I told it during the Facebook Live, during this recent test to get hyperbaric oxygen, I rented a car. They didn't have my car. And I asked to speak to the manager and the woman, this guy walks by, he says, I'm the manager. I said, no, you're not. I was tired. It just comes flying out of my mouth. He goes, yeah, I am. I went, no, you're not. Just like that. And I'm sure when you're menopausal, hormonal, testopausal, I don't care. Or I've had enough. Or just had someone walk out on you. Or your kid's in juvie. Yes, Spence. Your frontal lobe is way off. And so the woman who's dealing with me goes, he's the supervisor. I went, no, he's not. I felt like saying, you know how I know? Because he doesn't look embalmed. He doesn't look like his ass has been chewed out by someone at corporate. He doesn't look annoyed and spent enough. He looks too cheerful, cheerful, cheerful. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive.
So, you know, a little bit of a tiffed dust-up ensued. She told me to sit down. I called. She said I had a bad attitude. I, I said, I didn't say she, he, she lied. I said, you're misrepresenting yourself, and that's illegal. Called America Express. All of a sudden, where there were no sports cars, one appeared. And so did the real supervisor who looked embalmed and looked like his ass was chewed off. And he stood over her as she got me my red Camaro. Ba-boom. So does anybody have any questions? And it's not that I'm so good because everybody here has a story just like that, where they just knew someone was lying to them. But they didn't have enough Rhode Island in them to say, no, you didn't. No, you don't. Because they don't want to look like a bitch. But I often say, I'm not really a bitch. I'm so sorry. But no, you're not. Because <laughs> I wanted a sports car. I said, hey, listen, I have no spine. These aren't my breasts. Honest to God, they're not. I just want a sports car. Please give a woman who has bad health a sports car. We don't have any. I know. I said, I know you do. You have cars behind that bench. I know you do. She hated it. She had cars. I knew she did. She was lying. I felt like saying, hey, listen, I wanted a polygraph machine when I was four. You think this is my first rodeo? <laughs> Who has a question? Anybody have a question? Or are you so afraid? I yes. I'm Susan. Susan Walling, how can I be of help? I'm so sorry. Please don't think I'm a bitch. I just wanted a sports car. Well, I, you gave me uh, information, I guess it was about 18 years ago. And oh my God, you were dead on. Um, so I'm back for more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry if I said anything mean or off color. All I want to do is help. I really do. Oh, you, you help tremendously. Anyway, um, I, um, I'm, I'm on a, a spiritual slump. I, I mean, I used to be so intuitive and so in touch with. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I want you to draw a circle. And I want you to draw a horizontal line to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And people in podcast land. And by the way, if anybody knows anyone at Premier Radio or, or anywhere, Triumph Radio, Sirius Network, I'm going to do a live calling radio show. Please, please, please. I did one for 14 years at Hay House, three years at Unity. I love live calling. Delilah, things like that. If anybody knows it, please, please help me. All I want to do is an interview. But suffice it to say, so draw a circle, draw a horizontal line. Below it is emotion, intuition, and spirituality. Okay? So do I draw the line right through the center of the circle? Absolutely. Okay. Emotions below? Emotions below, intuition below, spirituality below. Everything is below deck, right? Mm -hmm. Think about also sex occurs below deck. Got it? Yeah. Unless, of course, it's one of those funny ships, but we're not going to get into that. Okay. <laughs> and then above the line is the frontal lobe. It's the sensor, as I said. It senses, it puts a lid on it. But you understand, it puts a lid on one thing, it puts a lid on everything. Have, and I'm not saying you're constipated, but 
if you if there's a time in your life when you go through adolescence, when people look at you and go, you're weird. I mean, like that woman said, I don't like your attitude. And I felt I was being mean. And being non-mean meant taking a Hyundai and just taking what she wanted. The price of being nice and putting a frontal lobe on was being miserable. And I was, I wanted to give her an Oscar clip from Steel Magnolia's Mama. <laughs> she wasn't in the mood. Mama, I want a few moments of wonderful little lifetime of nothing special. <laughs> she just wouldn't understand. So a lifetime of nothing special is a person who has a frontal lobe who passes for normal and doesn't rock the boat. So when you go through adolescence, you get a frontal lobe so you're cool. If they say they don't have a car, you take the car, you take what you get because you want to earn people's love. And you stay in the job. Well, if you know they need you to stay in the job, your family, for a short-term reason, because somebody else is, you know, working on a degree, that's good. That's fine. That's called working together. But if it goes on for 17 years, <laughs> that's called being a martyr. And then finally, staying in a job for the benefits in healthcare for maybe four years. But if it's nine numbing, and you think it's all you can do, then take making plans to figure out how to gain skills and abilities to do something else. But if you stay in that, you will censor your passion, your IQ points, and your ability. And that requires the frontal lobe sensor. You'll also annoy people and get in fights. So or your butt, you'll get sick. But the frontal lobe can only hold on for so long. And midlife, it makes it worse. But you can't shut off one without shutting off all. If you censor your emotions, you tend to censor sex, and then you also censor spirituality. Because shutting up is shutting up. All you have to think of is plumbing. Sometimes the plumber comes in and goes, ma'am or sir, we have to turn the water off to fix the toilet. And I'm like, all the water? And he's like, all the water, ma'am, because he's the frontal lobe, they're going to turn the water off. He or she's the frontal lobe, they're going to turn the water off, because that's the rule. And so you have to go along with it. Forever? No, for a moment. So you can put up with it. But if you had to go without the water for four days, like I did with my tree, actually it was electricity. When a tree fell on my garage, I didn't do well. I lost it. I just went outside and walked underneath. And then I called the electric company. I said, by the way, if I don't call tomorrow, it's either because I got electrocuted or died from falling. <laughs> she went, ma'am. I said, I just want you to know. <laughs> So I lost it. <laughs> I said, I'm not aggravated. I'm just alerting you that you may miss me. <laughs> <laughs>
you can't shut up and be pleasant for long. It has its detriments, shutting everything off. So this somebody that shut off the water and the electricity. Now it may have begun, there may have been a good reason. And you'll say there was a good reason. This person is very organized, sensible, right? I understand. There's a very reasonable why, reason why you went along with staying with this situation. Short-term stress is a reasonable thing. But you can't go and be on the front of a war for 14 years. They don't allow it. You'll snap, either emotionally or physically. That's why after four days, I said, I'm walking, dancing underneath the electrical lines. <laughs> Want to come join me? So I see someone in your life who's like an emperor, someone who's very organized, makes you feel safe and secure. But I might add, ships are safe in the harbor, but that's not what ships are made for. And something happened that this person gave you a sense of safety, but then it stopped. I see that you have a capacity to see this person in her highest potential because you have a conflict of interest. They either preserve your sense of safety with money, property, or resources. Who do you live with? I live alone, but that was my husband. He died four years ago. Okay. Hold on one second. How long were you? Son of a gun. Well, there it goes. <laughs> How long were you married? 32 years. I think he didn't like what I said, so he knocked something off the big. Um, yeah. I saw you were trying to have a relationship with somebody and a third person interfered. Mm. No, it was booze that interfered. <laughs> Whose booze? Your booze? His booze? His somebody booze. Else's? His booze. And yeah. when he was doing booze, where was he doing the booze? At home. What did he do? For oh, her? oh, I know what you're talking about. This was another lady. Yeah, she tried to interfere. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Hold on a second. I was getting pain in my foot. Isn't that funny how that works? <laughs> now, she tried. How did she try now? Well, she wrote him letters at treatment and sympathized with how challenging his marriage was living with me. Who's she? The other woman, the one that interfered. Sweetie, honey, there's a reason why your frontal lobe is, is knocking out in, uh, spirituality. Because you're trying to get a call from reality land. But that's why you have a memory of what went on there, but it's distorted because. Let me explain something, okay? It's sad, but it's true. I think five years ago, somebody died in my life who's really important. And I had a falling out with this person. 
but they died. And there was a funeral. And a series of invitations went out. The first tier went out. I didn't get an invitation. The second tier went out. I didn't get an invitation. The third tier went out. I didn't get an invitation. And I thought, what the hell? What's wrong with these people that I didn't get an invitation? Now, what's interesting is I didn't figure it out. Everybody else I knew got an invitation, but I didn't get one. I was a truth teller. I told people when somebody was messing with their health, I told the truth. I didn't treat them and put them on a pedestal or I wasn't a sucker. I'm not a sucker. I can't. I can't lie. As you can tell, I can't. It's really hard. My mouth starts to twitch. I would rather avoid you than lie to you. In fact, on a neuropsych eval, um, the neuropsychologist said, Mona Lisa is remarkably honest, which is not considered socially adaptable. A certain amount of lying is important. However, Self-lying is not the same as not figuring it out um, versus what you did. Not being able to figure it out is different. A lack of information is different from confabulation. Confabulation is making up the wrong reason. Where I was not understanding the re any reason. I didn't understand why it happened, but you have the wrong reason. You're okay. misplacing the reason. You were saying it was her. Where well, I didn't understand it. And then all of a sudden, five years later, after this happens, I wake up. This weekend, last weekend, and all of a sudden it occurred to me that the person who died created a list for their funeral and dropped me from the list on purpose. But then I realized it was a repeat, a reenactment of my own family because a female relative did the same thing, that if you cross them, they disowned you and they told you, I disown you. And I would say, you can't disown me. You would have to re-own me to disown me. And quite frankly, I don't want to be owned. So that's the kind of thing that I would say, like there's a Camaro back there. And of course, bing. So lie detector. It's not well received by certain people. So... This person I'm seeing is a control person. And you couldn't tell them, by the way, I know what's going on in there. I know that you know that I know what's going on. So rather than say what's going on, you say, oh, she's the third person that's interfering. Because you have a conflict of interest. What do you do for a living or did you do for a living? 
I was an interior designer. What did he do? Budweiser distributor owner. Hmm. Who made more money, you or him? Him. That's it. So you put the shut to the up, where I'm stupid. I don't care. I, in fact, it's that's what it is. That's where if you don't have a frontal lobe, you don't look, you don't anticipate the future consequences of your action. So in other words, most people are politically savvy. They would think, oh, it's advantageous for me to not say that. Where I would not suck up and do that because I, I wouldn't even let this person pay for me because I thought everybody gets that person to pay for them. And I thought, why be a user? And this individual who de-invited me from their funeral actually said to me, of all the people I know, you have the most integrity. However, I couldn't be controlled. You paid the price of being controlled. I did too. I wasn't in the fold. And as a result, you're, you often are alone. You pay the price for being in the fold. Your husband had some funny business going on. And when you delude yourself or censor part of your reality, your brain has the capacity to censor others. What's interesting is my foot started to hurt. And the reason why it does is because I have spinal cord injury. When the disc blew in my neck, it occluded the nerves in my neck. It also occluded or censored the nerves to my feet. So that's why I'm bending my neck the wrong way and my feet are going numb. If you numb the truth about what's going on with your husband or went on with your husband because you had to to survive financially, and many women have to do that when their children are young. That's acute stress. How do I recover from that? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Then you're numb. So I will recover from this because I will lie down this evening. But acutely, I'm leaning forward to get my point across, like I'm doing this. See that? That's bad for me. I have to lean back because I have one disc left. Similarly, I fell before I went to hyperbaric oxygen, and I knew that I had acute injury. So I took steroids and I rested. But you acutely bent yourself forward to maintain the structure of a family, to either facilitate a family with children or facilitate financial security. Both. You're going to have to, I know. Am I saying you did something wrong? I'm telling you, I wish I could do what the other people do. I wish I could just go along for the ride and shut the hell up. Do you think that I wish I couldn't? Do you know what happens? 
I ended up forcing it to get a ticket to the funeral. And then guess what happened? My blood INR went way up and I got an 8.0 INR. So that meant I couldn't fly or I would have bled. I would have had a stroke. So I couldn't go. It's like, damn it. My body was not going to go. Mm -hmm. Because even though I tried to get that invitation, nope, you're not going. <laughs> People on the podcast recording are going to see that from audio. But the people in the Zoom can see it. Mm -hmm. So part of your body is doing this. <laughs> because it knows the body keeps score. Even though to declare hippocampus. I must have seen a light. I went somewhere because I'm different. When I was in Florida getting hyperbaric oxygen, I couldn't do this before. A friend of mine said, oh, there's a rainbow through the window. She said, I've never understood what a rainbow meant spiritually. I said, oh, I can tell you. Didn't even think about it. Couldn't think about it. Just went through my mind and out my mouth. Not my mind, a mind. Who the hell knows? I said, see that window? It was on the deck. She said, yep. I said, when people look at the sky, the light, they just see the sky. They see what's in front of them. They see reality just in front of them. But they don't realize there's a lot, a lot of stuff. There's more there, apropos you, that meets the eye. And that our brain can't conceive all the little, little, all the levels and wavelengths, because it can't. I said so. It takes a lens like the glass to stretch it out. I said so. The first one is yellow, then there's orange, then there's blue. But guess what? The last one is it's black because that's the last one we want to see. That's okay. That's okay. Because you couldn't. You had kids. And I don't know how long he was sick or why he was sick. It doesn't matter. It's, it's Sunday morning quarterbacking. And we all know why it, I mean, I saw the similarity. I'd like to know why I remembered it last week. Could be that I got a nice bang on the head. I mean, when I got up from the driveway, I told my next door neighbor, I said, you know, it's interesting when you go all day long, <laughs> this is so stupid. You go all day long, you don't realize you use too much hairspray until the end of the day. And she said, what? I said, too much hairspray. She said, do you know what's going on in the back of your head? I went, no. She said, the back of your head is all caked with blood. That's not hairspray, that's blood. I had blood all the way. Uh -huh. You don't realize how much you bled from your husband. It's dried and caked because you can't see it, it's behind you. It's a hidden wavelength. But that's okay. It's behind you. And it was behind me. You wanna repair it. You don't yes. wanna go backward, you wanna go forward. 
you want to go you don't want to go backward just like the blood it i thought that i could be afraid of walking i'm using this metaphor on purpose i would be afraid of walking on pavement with ice and i should because i'm on coumadin you're like you fell and bled on your head what yeah i did so there's some susceptibility you have in your childhood growing up of attracting people like this who are deceptive and the good part of you is you can see the best in someone and put a blind eye on the difficult side but the memory must be very clear of that growing up as well as your husband is inside of you and what happened to you in your childhood and what happened with your husband is in your past and in your body. You can not do long-term term therapy to remember all the bangs and hits, like go back and remember the moment of impact, like when I got run over by the truck. When people say, oh, you should get regressed and remember that, I said, should I really go back mm -hmm. and remember the moment that I got hit and the cracking of the ribs. And once I said that and the vertebrae and the pelvis and, the, and she goes, no, no, no. Cause she empathically could feel it. I was doing it on purpose. So you don't want anybody to help you learn moment by moment what happened. You do not want to go over credit card bills and go over every moment what you missed. Don't do that. They'll only re-traumatize you. What you do know is that you have a blind spot. You'll always have a blind spot. It's your area of genius to see the best in someone and put a blind eye on someone's difficult side. That's great. And your lie detector for other people's bullshit may be better than the ones in your own life, especially for people you love. This is where we have healthy forgetting. I want you to remember the good times with your husband. I walk outside of the garbage and I walk tentatively on the ice, but I don't avoid. I approach, but I get help. Mm -hmm. I want you to go to a cognitive behavioral therapist and I want you to talk about what that was like for nine, 10 weeks, like it's pregnancy, as if you're giving birth to your new self reframing the memories, if you will, in a different structure in your brain and body. And then I want you to get like a matchmaker, not to find someone to get married, but to reestablish a capacity to walk on the ice. To lay down new body memories and new brain memories and establish new ways of opening up safely to the world. And when you do that, and you talk about that with your counselor, you will see the intuition and the dreams and all that flooded. Do you get it? Yes. Numb is numb. Dense is dense. It saves us, but it's dangerous. It creates holes, which is why I got a hole in my foot 
because I have spinal cord injury. My feet are numb. And that's why it hurt in the middle of your description of what was going on with your son. You numbed yourself because you couldn't feel what was going on. And so the loss of feeling in my foot, I developed an ulcer. And as a result, I could lose my foot. So I went down and got hyperbaric oxygen. And guess what? He also went away. <laughs> so exciting. You can heal the whole. Do I have perfect feeling? No. Am I perfect? No. Could I get another hole? Yeah. Yeah, I could. However, we must have faith. We can't go back. We have to walk forward and make space for new. Numb is not good. Thank you for welcoming me into your day. This has been Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you. Live brilliantly. <laughs> love life. Do right. You have a great day. See you soon. Love you people. Bye. See you next week. Bye-bye now. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.